it's really challenging for young people, a lot of anxieties in their lives and just in everyday experiences. What kinds of immediate changes do you find in people? And do some people also maybe take time to be able to connect to nature, to be able to touch soil and and get their hands dirty? I mean, that's something that takes a bit of getting used to for some, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. With a lot of the things that have happened, people have, without necessarily realising, just become less able to reach out. Because it's effectively, with all the things that are ongoing, it puts people in more of a state of fight or flight. So if you have a predisposition for, for example, getting angry or a predisposition for getting upset, it just exacerbates all of this. So even if people don't necessarily realise or don't have a particular mental health challenge, it's just harder to feel okay all of the time. And with all of this as well, you've got climate change anxiety, which is now a term that's been coined. It's a huge thing. So connection with the natural world, with simple things like touching the soil, with taking time out to do this is so incredibly nurturing. And a lot of the time with gardening, it can be about work generation. So it's this idea that there are these very long to-do lists and you have to follow exacting instructions. But the garden and the natural world is a place where we can be free without hurting anyone else. But also, it's no longer gardening as usual. With the challenges of climate change, it's important to tap into yourself and your natural instinct to make decisions off the hoof. One thing that I think is really important with this is that being in a state of emotional regulation enables you to tap into your prefrontal cortex, which is where you can problem solve. So if you're in a bit of a state of fight or flight and you're thinking, oh, I need to garden, I need to do this, I need to do that, you're not going to be able to think constructively around the particular climate change challenge at that time. So in a period of drought, plants become stressed, you might see the immediate impact of that. Say, for example, with a perennial plant, they might look like they're okay, but then you have another challenging weather condition later on, and then you can find there's a longer-term impact that the plants are stressed, so they might be more susceptible to pest or disease and so forth. So it's very much about being able to think on your feet, but also it makes you feel good in the here and now. So from a gardening perspective, but from an overall perspective, it's really, really important just to take time out, to get away and to tune into the natural world. It's incredibly healing, so many different levels. What kind of access to gardens or soil or plants do you think somebody needs to have for this to make a gentle or a really profound difference to the well-being of, as you say, not just non-neurotypical people, but, but anybody? I think everyone should have access to outside space. I think it's a a basic human right that there are issues, I mean, particularly in the UK, where a lot of people don't have access and there are very, very long waiting lists for allotments. So I think it's something that should be made available to people. But even on a most basic level, if you have a, a windowsill, You can grow produce. I have training gardens here in the UK. It's a homestead, a small holding. So there's lots of outside space. But over winter in the UK, the weather, especially uh, high up, 750 feet above sea level, the weather can be quite harsh. So I have uh, lots of plants 
edibles that I grow inside the house all year round. So there's an awful lot you can do. And at the moment, with the cost of living crisis in the UK, I'm doing a lot of work with food banks. That's all about growing food in little containers on windowsills. So even in a small way, there's a lot that you can do. Again, having that connection is important. Two-prong, really, answer to this is that you can do a lot with a small space, but I think it's a basic human right that people should have access to to outside space and nature in its full, fantastic glory as well. Yeah, imagine the changes you'd be able to witness in not just young people, but people in general who have access, as you say, just to be able to walk out on, on bare feet on some grass or, or lay in the the sun and feel the rays on their face when they're not feeling, you know, 100%. I'm sure it would make a really profound difference, as I know it does for me and for anyone that's listening out there that does that sort of thing. As gardeners, as you mentioned, you know, all over the planet deal with such extreme conditions. So there's all these prolonged droughts, there's intense storms, there's wildly fluctuating temperatures. Do you think that there's a real risk of us losing some of our staple crops forever if we just give up on them and don't change the way we plant? Absolutely. There's lots of news around which crops are most at risk. So it's a bit of a changing beast, really. It's very much emerging season by season, year by year, as we actually feel the climatic changes so strongly on the ground. And there's increasing severe weather events. So it is going to have a challenge to the crops that we take for granted. On a home gardener level, it is very much about adapting the way that we do things. So there's lots that I can say there, but controlling nature, trying to keep it very much in its place will create a garden that is much more vulnerable to the elements. So things like using no dig, no till, building the soil health, working with the natural world, encouraging wildlife so there's natural pest control will help keep that in check, uh, allowing plants to grow on, not meticulously weeding, trying to use ground cover, protect the soil from the sun from drying out. There are lots of things you can do that involve working more closely with the natural world that will build resilience. Where I live, the gardens are flooded. We've had the the well has been uh, running dry most summers, down to, at times, 10 gallons last summer, which is not enough for the house, let alone outside. So my plants have really had to make do with extremities. And from a drought perspective as well, they have thrived amazingly. Last year in particular, I was amazed at how well things thrived. And that's because I have a lot of the different techniques that I talk about and I have allowed the natural world in. I don't pamper the plants. I'm very hands-off and I very much build this resilience so they can cope with lots of different extremes. It works incredibly well. But soil health is very much key to that. I think that very much allowing the natural world in, working in harmony with it, holds an awful lot of the answers. I think your book probably holds a lot of the answers as well. 